Welcome, everybody. <laughs> We're going to give a few more seconds, or maybe 60 of them. <laughs> and uh, as other sessions, people will be coming and going, and we appreciate that. But we have a fantastic session <laughs> this afternoon. It is afternoon, yes. So I can't wait. <laughs> I wish I knew a joke. <laughs> I don't. I was once, in, it's a true story, I was once in a meeting with my big, big boss and there was some technology problems and he says, who knows a joke? And I felt so bad that I raised my hand, but I'm not a joke teller, so I came up with the, why does the chicken cross the road? <laughs> you know? Anyway, I didn't get fired, so that was good. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go. <laughs> 
Hello, everyone, again. I am Jackie Haven, and I am really excited to be here. SNEB is a fabulous organization. I'm a proud member, and so really excited to be here today and, and share what we do at USDA. So I am the Deputy Administrator, and I got such a long title it might take five minutes, let's see, <laughs> for the Department of Agriculture's Food and Nutrition Services Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion. And we are the best, oh sorry, the other USDA people, we are one of the best groups. <laughs> and we, uh, what we do, oh, I'm supposed to show you on a slide, never mind. So, so, all right, let's get back in order here. So we have a fabulous session today and I'm gonna be introducing our amazing speakers. And we, I just have to say, uh, Corey and Joe, who I'll be telling you about are really fabulous. They're fairly new to CMPP and uh, really excited that they've joined us. So uh, let me introduce you to Corey. Corey Holland is a registered dietitian with over 18 years of experience with USDA. So why I just say she was new? Because she was a contractor. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just don't want you to think <clears throat> the senility has hit too badly. So she uh, Work with USDA developing web and other technology tools to disseminate nutrition information to consumers and other audiences. She is the branch chief of the Digital Nutrition Marketing in Innovation Branch at USDA Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion, supporting the development and expansion of the diverse suite of MyPlate resources for consumers and the MyPlate.gov website. Prior to joining CNPP, Ms. Holland was a nutrition information specialist at the National Agricultural Library, where she was responsible for developing web resources and tools for professionals in the USDA child nutrition programs. Uh, Corey has a passion, a true passion, for using technology to reach and educate audiences, empowering them towards making healthy food choices in their busy lives. So that's Corey. And then I'm really excited also to present to you Joe Mandelson. Uh, she is a bilingual registered dietitian nutritionist with a background in health and nutrition education as well as business administration, including program planning and promotion and marketing. As a branch chief for MyPlate's consumer-facing marketing efforts at CNPP, she supports nutrition promotion, education, and research activities of MyPlate, including the strategic efforts that uplift CNPP's mission through innovative ideas for content development, uh, online productions, campaigns, resources, and tools. She's especially interested in the intersection of nutrition education and health equity, as well as increasing the needs for culturally inclusive resources for diverse populations. So again, two amazing, amazing USDA folk here. So we have a jam-packed agenda for today. Very excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm on the right slide. We will do brief introductions on what we do as a center. Then we will quickly talk about our work and how it relates to the White House strategy. And then we'll dive right into the star of the show, Shop Simple. Lastly, we'll end up with a little activity. Yeah, <laughs> so can't wait for that too. No, it should be a lot of fun. So let me just tell you a little bit about CMPP. I'm on the right slide, right? Yep. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so CMPP, the Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion. So our mission is to improve the health and well-being of all Americans through our research and resources. So we have a mighty 
big job, reaching all Americans. Uh, and we're very proud of our mission. Um, so we do that. Uh, our office is actually, we're, we're, we're petite. We're a little petite. We're 48 strong. And uh, we have two divisions. And so Joe and Corey are part of the nutrition, education, and promotion division. And um, well, right. And then the other side, the nutrition guidance and analysis division, uh, we call the research side. Since none of them are here, oh, this is being recorded. Never mind. <laughs> I take back what I was going to say. We love them, though. We love them. Yes. <laughs> I, I caught myself there. Okay. So uh, the two major projects of our brilliant colleagues, and they are truly brilliant, on the research side, they're responsible for what we're going to touch upon today, the dietary guidelines for Americans, which are in progress, and also the food plans. So a really important important projects. And the marketing side, uh, the marketing consumer side of our office, uh, which you may know as a my through MyPlate, they're responsible for taking those resources, the guidelines, and translating them into consumers. So it's also incredibly important and challenging. Let's see. So I just want to share with you what we call our guiding, there it is, our guiding, initiatives, our guiding star, We're, what we aspire to do with, in our work every single day. So we really try to divide up our initiatives and think about, number one, budget. What are people talking about today? We hear a lot about what people can afford, food prices are high, and uh, we hear healthy, I know you're all hearing it too, healthy foods are more expensive, that's what people say. And so how do people buy healthy food and stay on a budget? So we're really conscious of trying to bring in that aspect in the work that we do. Also, we consider age. So as you know, the last guidelines included the entire lifespan. So we really uh, try to have our information consider the different age ranges. And so that, that's challenging, but incredibly important. And we do hear we need more information for older adults. And I believe that's true as I'm aging. Uh, also very important is culture. And uh, you know, I have to say, America is just a beautiful melting pot of people and cultural and, and linguistical backgrounds, which is just a beautiful thing. How do we relate? How do we connect? How do we make sure what we're doing is relevant? And so I'm just going to tell a little story, which I think is OK for the tape. So we're good. So I don't remember how many years ago, it was pre-COVID, I was at SNEB. And I had the privilege of giving a big session about my plate, because I do talk a lot about my plate. And I left a lot of time at the end to get some feedback, because you, what you all do it would be so important to hear. You know, you're the boots on the ground. You've got great experiences. And as I say, we work in a, I'd say, ivory tower, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying. We're, we're here. And so I just wanted to hear from this amazing SNEB audience, you know, what do you know? What are you hearing about my plate? And it was the crowning moment of my entire career because I got it right. <laughs> I, got, I got loud and clear. I heard that my plate isn't relevant. It isn't relevant. It doesn't speak to people. It's this plate. It's uh, juvenile colors. You know, people, their foods actually touch. You know, <laughs> sometimes uh, the food actually touches. The grains actually might touch the vegetables and that type of thing. And I got such great feedback that before I 
got on the plane, I called the team, and I said, oh, my gosh, we have got to turn the ship around. We have absolutely, I got the best feedback from SNEB, and so we did. So years ago, we started to think about the fact that who is our audience and how do we how do we how do we become relevant to our audience? And it is just that is really our guiding star. How do we become relevant? And, and we would love feedback today, by the way, and every day because what you all do is just heroic. And so we're we're doing a lot of things to become more culturally relevant and food photography and other things, which I guess if there's time we could talk about that later. But anyway, uh, I just want to say thank thank you all for helping us with that because. America's we've just got to relate to folks. And I think it's really challenging today because everyone seems to have a belief, a core belief in high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat, and to try to get somebody to you know, start all over again and, and, and take the tenants of, of my plate is you know is tough so we try to move people along continuum and just try wherever they are to help them make healthier food choices so again we would love your feedback and respect what you all do and again we're doing our best but with your input I think we could be stronger so these tenants come from that time back at SNEB so we also are looking at diet related conditions of course uh, because as we know most of the population has more than one health-related disease that's related to healthy eating. And then finally, nutrient density. And that, that's one, that's a tough nut to crack because you know we, we've looked at different terminology for that, you know, rich, rich in nutrients, this type of thing, and how do we explain all of that? So these are what we keep in mind as we do our work, but these are, these are challenging, challenging thoughts. And again, if you all have experience in using these words and, and helping consumers, we would love any feedback on that. But I did digress, and that is what I'm known for. But <laughs> I, I will get back on script and invite Joe to come up and uh, lead the way. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for such a wonderful um, introduction. Um, we're so lucky to have uh, such a great leader. But so I'm gonna I'm here to talk about a little bit about the DGAs. And if you were in our session yesterday, you heard a little bit about a little background on how it relates to uh, some of the translation work that we did uh, with the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. Today, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the DGA work and how it relates to my plate. So just kind of laying some groundwork here, the Dietary Guidelines for American provides the science-based advice on what to eat and drink to promote health, help reduce the risk of chronic diseases, and to meet needs. As mandated by Congress, the DGAs are um, to be published every five years jointly through HHS and, C and uh, USDA, which we do at CNPP, um, and it's pr promoted by each federal agency carrying out federal food, nutrition, and health programs. It's based on the preponderance of scientific and medical knowledge, um, and the, the guidelines are meant to provide the general public with that information that they need to eat healthy, but it is written for a professional audience. This edition of the Dietary Guidelines uh, highlights the importance of encouraging healthy dietary patterns at every life stage uh, 
from in infancy all the way through adulthood, like you heard Jackie mention. Um, it also includes the most expansive recommendations for infants and toddlers than any other previous edition. One of my personal favorite things about this edition is that for the first time ever, the DGAs were actually organized by life stage, which I think provides a really nice framework for professionals and educators. And through this framework, the DGAs identify needs that are specific to the group and takes into consideration healthy dietary pattern characteristics that should be carried forward through each of those life stages. Each chapter is going to follow a similar structure and includes the following information. So recommended dietary patterns at the appropriate calorie level, current intake summaries for that life stage, special nutrition considerations most relevant to that life stage, and a section supporting healthy eating, which takes a cl closer look at some of the constraints that people are facing, like uh, food insecurity and nutrition access. There are four overarching guidelines, which you can see here. And um, as I mentioned before, those DGAs are that scientific background that supports nutrition policy and communication. So over on the MyPlate side, we use these guidelines to help build our consumer key messages, um, which I'll show you in a couple of slides. If you're looking for more information, professional resources, or you just want to get a full digital copy of the DGAs, please feel free to visit the website, dietaryguidelines.gov, uh, dietary to get all that information. There's a lot of great information on the site, and you saw a little bit of that if you came to our session yesterday. So, as I mentioned, those DGAs are that co cornerstone for federal nutrition programs and policies, um, the, and they're written for prof professionals. So they're the what, the call to action. Um, in the current edition, we say make every bite count with the dietary guidelines for Americans. Um, the DGAs are then essentially taken and translated into consumer messages in the form of my plate. My plate is that how how to choose foods, how to eat for health. Our goal is to make it simple and easy for consumers to start simple with MyPlate. So we have a suite of tools and resources that are meant to provide inspiration and simple ideas that people can incorporate into their busy lives to help them improve the, their health and well-being over time. And these are those key consumer messages that I was talking about earlier. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so a healthy eating routine is important at every life stage and can provide positive effects that add up over time. It's important to eat a variety from all of the food groups. And when deciding what to eat or drink, choosing options that are full of nutrients make every bite count. So going back to those pillars that Jackie was talking about, that nutrient density. How do we get people to eat food that is nutrient dense? Oh, sorry, going back. Um, we also have some food group messaging, which you'll see right here as well. Um, overall, our messaging, the food group messaging, has stayed the same for, for quite a while now, with the exception of the dairy message. Um, in the latest edition, we did update it to be more inclusive with the addition of lactose-free dairy or fortified soy versions. So you see that little arrow up at the top. 
As many of you remember, in September of last year, the Biden-Harris administration, for the first time in 50 years, held the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. President Biden announced the goal of, and I want to read this verbatim because I want to get it right, um, ending hunger and increasing healthy eating and physical activity by 2030 so that fewer Americans experience di diet-related diseases while reducing related health disparities. Um, which is a really amazing goal, right? Um, so he outlined these five, well, from the, from the conference, the strategy outlined these five pillars. And um, we were really excited to, to, know, to see that Shop Simple actually is called out in pillar three of the strategy. Um, it was identified as a key implement, implementation resource for SNAP participants to locate savings and get information on budget-friendly foods. And since it's a, obviously a part of the strategy, um, CMPP has, is committed to the continued enhancement and promotion of this really important tool. So now that you have a foundation on the work that we do at CMPP and how it relates to the White House strategy, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it over to Corey to go ahead and introduce the star of today's show. All right, thanks so much, Joe. So before we move into talking about Shop Simple with my plate, I'd just out of curiosity like to see a show of hands of who's heard of Shop Simple with my plate, maybe used it. All right. So there's a mix, and that's great. Hopefully, no matter what knowledge level you came in with today, you leave with something uh, from this session that you are learning for the first time. So there's going to be three parts here that we talk about for Shop Simple. First, we're gonna spend some time talking about the background information, and this is gonna include our rationale. So what were we thinking when we came up with the tool, and what was the driving force behind some of the decisions that we made in terms of content and functionality? We're also gonna spend some time talking about the data sources that feed into Shop Simple with MyPlate. And this section is really for the, the fellow techies out there that wanna see and you know, hear about the information that we're pulling in. And then I'm going to be handing it back to Joe for a tour of all the different features that exist within Shop Simple. So let's jump right in with some background information. So first we're going to talk about the rationale for the development. Um, in August of 2021, the USDA released a reevaluation of the Thrifty Food Plan, which is used to calculate the SNAP benefits. And this is a report that also comes out of our office, out of CMPP. We have a wonderful team of nutritionists and economists. I don't understand anything about what they do, but they know what they're doing and they're the experts and they come out with this wonderful report. So we set a goal of developing a consumer companion piece to the Thrifty Food Plan. We didn't really know exactly what it would look like when we set this goal. We just knew that we wanted to have a companion piece that really speaks to consumers because the Thrifty Food Plan is very important, but it's not intended for the consumer themselves. So we set that goal. And our first step was really to go out and seek insight to inform what this companion piece should do and what should it be. Should it be an interactive tool? Should it be a handout? Should it be a separate website? And what service should it provide to all Americans? So in order to inform this, we worked with a research group to conduct a series of in-depth interviews. 
And the participants in those interviews included SNAP participants, SNAP eligible individuals, so that means that they're eligible for SNAP, but for any number of reasons they don't actually participate, as well as SNAP educators. And that third bullet was really important to us because we know those are the folks who are out in the community working with these families and individuals and really have a good sense of their needs. And so in these interviews, we presented uh, several different questions surrounding healthy eating and food shopping. And we also presented different app concepts to the participants. So these were just descriptions. We didn't actually have a prototype for them to play with um, because we just weren't that far into the process. But we had participants react to different descriptions around healthy food shopping apps, prep and meal ideas, recipes, menu planning app ideas and got their feedback in that regard. We also talked to them about location-specific offerings, for example, SNAP retailers and different incentive programs that exist, and we gathered feedback from those interviews. So now I'll be talking through the different top-line findings that we got from those interviews. So kind of across the board, respondents really experience common barriers to eating healthy, especially on a budget. And I bet a lot of us can relate to some of these. So first of all, um, they brought up it, that it's expensive, right? And so um, they talked about wanting to eat healthy, but feeling like a lot of times it's just really out of their reach in terms of budget. Um, they also talked about food spoiling fast, and this is a great point that we were able to kind of incorporate into the tool. Um, they talked about the fact that if they buy fresh produce, you know, they, it may go bad before they have time to use it. They may not be able to go shopping again within the period of time where they need that food, and it might spoil before that. And they also talked about just really this idea that canned and frozen, they just really didn't feel like it was as healthy as fresh. So that's an opportunity there as well. And this third one I love because I think this is the one we can really relate to the most. The idea that it's not always easy to make a healthy meal and have everybody in your household like it, right? And to be fair, it's not always the kids that don't like it. Sometimes there's other people in the house too that it's hard to please. So that came up and that came up as a concern, especially for those who have limited resources because they can't just try a new recipe and have it be a flop and then they have to waste that food. Then we talked more to participants about shopping for food and how they walk a fine line between routine and rut, meaning that they often make their food shopping choices based on things that are familiar to them, that they do, you know, they eat typically every week. Um, but they always, they do want to try other things, but they're kind of staying in that safe space. So they, they look for ideas, but they don't always feel comfortable incorporating those things. And another thing that came out was that um, they may search for different, you know, interesting recipes online. They may be finding them on TikTok or YouTube or Pinterest or any number of places where they find those recipes. But they're not always, they didn't feel like they were applicable to them. They either can't afford the ingredients, they can't find those ingredients, or it's just too hard to make. So even though they're out there looking for new ideas, they didn't always feel like they were relevant to them. And we also talked to interviewees about ways that they try to keep their food costs low and find healthy recipes. And they really talked about a lot of great resources that they look to. So when we're talking about food shopping on a budget, they mentioned digital coupon apps, store memberships where they might be able to tap into different rewards or other programs, 
online deals from different stores, and bargain hunting. They also talked about trying to find healthy variety recipes, and they named many different apps and other tools. They talked about different recipe websites um, and social media as well. But where we saw an opportunity was kind of right in the middle of these two, because none of our participants could really identify a place to go for information about both aspects. So saving money while they're food shopping and finding recipes that are easy and relevant to them. So we've just been talking about the SNAP participant and SNAP eligible um, individual perspective. Now we're moving into the SNAP educator perspective. And across the board here too, these folks felt like an app could help. They said that one of the biggest things is that access to information and how it really empowers people to make different choices. And so that was important for us to hear. And they also said that an app could help support key ideas that they're already incorporating into their SNAP curriculum. We also talked to them about the ability to customize and not be prescriptive. They talked about how their participants don't want a menu plan necessarily because it's very hard to make the to hit the mark right for every single person with a menu plan. So they didn't want something that was really prescriptive. And by allowing for customization or making things kind of general, we're being more inclusive because people can kind of look at that information and personalize it for themselves. And just some more information from the SNAP educator perspective. They talked about simplicity being key to the app use. And I, again, we can all relate. Nobody wants to open a tool or a resource and you just don't even know where to start. So simplicity was key. And they also offered some additional advice to keep in mind as we were developing this resource. First, as I said, we talked about simplicity, being able to use, easy to use and offer simple meals and recipes. So not just being simple in the tool itself, but also the advice that we were giving or the recipe ideas. Attainability, um, the tool should meet users where they are, so potentially early on the path to healthy eating or meal planning, and just keeping that frame of reference of the fact that not everybody has been trying to eat healthy for a long time, maybe they're just starting on it, and people come into you know, using a resource with different knowledge levels, so they, we wanna make sure that we're you know, talking to them in a way that relates. The third was access, and this is a, a section that we really sent, spent a lot of time thinking about. They talked about how for users, um, we have to think about people who don't have a smartphone at all. For people who do have a smartphone, but maybe it has some data limitations, we also needed to think about people who have a smartphone and they have internet, but they maybe have limited storage, so they might not wanna have a, an app that they have to actually download onto their device. And so this is where we looked into having just a web-based option that was really uh, accessible for most people. And then lastly, we talked to them about branding because this is something we get mixed feedback on. Um, there's a level of trust with the USDA, but there's also some hesitation from participants for providing their personal information. And so we tried to kind of go right in the middle where we were definitely, this is, tool is branded as USDA, but there's no onboarding process. And what I mean by that is that you don't have to give a lot of, actually, you don't have to give any personal information when you open this resource. You don't have to put in your age or any demographic information, really anything about yourself. So there's no onboarding. 
We also spent some time talking to them about current incentive programs that exist because we wanted to get a feel for the level of knowledge that they had. And this is actually going back to the SNAP participant and the SNAP eligible individual. So we had um, kind of provided them with some of these descriptions here about double up food bucks, farmers markets that have dollar matching programs, um, different grocery stores that offer incentives to SNAP participants, and also the, also the healthy milk incentive program. So we talked to participants about these programs and their awareness level. And a lot of times, they, didn't, they weren't aware of these programs, but were definitely interested in them. So this became another area for us to pursue because we wanted to help get the word out about some of these other programs that are available. And this is one area where our two audiences felt a little bit differently. So we had SNAP eligible individuals and participants who really weren't concerned about USDA's sponsorship of the tool, but educators thought differently. And so going back to what I was saying previously, this is where we tried to kind of meet in the middle and have the, the tool branded as USDA, but very lightly, and also not having an onboarding process where they had to disclose a lot of information. So next, I'm going to move into talking about the different data sources that feed into ShopSimple. So within ShopSimple, as you'll see in a little while, there is a savings locator that is specific to SNAP participants. And in order to fuel this locator tool, we're, we're actually pulling data in from four different existing SNAP-based sources. So first we have the SNAP retailer locator, and this is where you can go onto the website and find retailers in your area that accept SNAP EBT. Next, we pulled in information from the GUSNIP map, and if you're not familiar with GUSNIP, it's traditionally a, or typically, a matching program where if you spend, if the person spends $10 on fruits and vegetables, the retailer will match that $10 and they get another $10 free. So we're pulling in the information from their map. We're also pulling in information from the SNAP online purchasing pilot locations website. And lastly, pulling in AMS data on the, or sorry, FNS data on the farmer's markets that accept SNAP benefits. And some of these data sources already had an API, which means we could pull that information in the tool, into the tool directly. And others were only downloadable at the time that we created this. And we work with a wonderful vendor who figured out how to get all of this data into one place for us. They're fabulous. So they built different processes to handle and aggregate all of the information. And we're really proud to say that ShopSimple is the only place where you can go, put in your zip code once, and get all of this information in one place. And on the foods and recipes side, which you'll be seeing in just a little bit when we do a tour of the resource, um, we're pulling in information from the extensive database of foods available from ARS's Food Data Central. And we're also using our own existing recipes that are in My Plate Kitchen, and we're tagging them specifically for ShopSimple. So doing a, you know, a manual check to make sure that they're low cost and fairly easy to um, produce. And these technology tools where we're combining multiple data sources into one are really the future as we see it. So we're excited that this is kind of our, our first step in that direction. And with that, I'm going to turn it back to Joe for a tour of the key features of ShopSimple.
Thank you, Corey. So all of that research that Corey just talked to us about and shared with us is what kind of led is what led to the development of Shop Simple. So <clears throat> what was our goal with Shop Simple? Our goal with Shop Simple was to develop an app that Americans can use to save money while shopping for healthy food choices. So if you think about Corey's Venn diagram, we're filling that middle section with this tool. We lost our slides. <laughs> there they are. Right. Okay, there they're back. <clears throat> they're back. All right. So we were talking about key features. So <clears throat> consumers can use this tool to enter their zip code, like Corey said, and that's going to give them savings in their local area, whether that's near work, home, school. They're also gonna be able to discover new ways to prepare budget-friendly foods. And we do both of these things in a variety of different ways. Um, as Corey mentioned, from the research, we learned that Shop Simple, or we learned that data and um, space on a device can sometimes be an issue for people. So we intentionally made this a web-based application, meaning that you can pull it up from any device and it's gonna have the look and feel of an app without having to download anything, without having to use storage, without having to use data. You really are just going to a website. Um, the other nice thing about this <clears throat> is that whenever we make updates to the to the tool on our end we don't have to do any kind of push to someone's phone they don't have to go back into the store to like download something else or like do an update it just happens automatically on their phone because they're visiting our website the um <clears throat> excuse me um so as we mentioned, it works on all devices. It also works on desktops. So this is what you would see if you pulled it up on a computer. This, I think, is especially nice feature for educators that are out there and using can use this tool one-on-one -on -one in an educational session or in a presentation. So wink, wink, I'm looking at all of you out here. <laughs> this is a great way to be able to pull it up. And we do have some promotional stuff that we'll, okay. I'll show you at, okay, at the end. No, no, no worries. That's a great question. Um, so, right. So if you go to the desktop and you click on that link, that's what's going to, you're going to see on the desktop. All right. So we keep talking to you guys about the tool, but we haven't actually shown you the tool. Let's look at the tool. Um, all right. So when you, when you click on the home screen, this is what you're greeted with. At the top, you're gonna to see a carousel of budget-friendly foods. This is nice because it automatically changes, so every time a user goes to it, they're gonna see different foods, and hopefully that sparks an interest in a new food they hadn't seen before. Here, they can browse budget-friendly foods um, that we're highlighting, or they can browse budget-friendly foods, and they're sorted by different food groups. Next, this is a feature that will help them find or help any user find ways to save money. 
And you heard us talk a lot about the SNAP locator tool. You're also gonna see this on the homepage. I'll, look, I'll take a closer look at this section in a few slides. And at the bottom of the homepage is budget-friendly food recipes. Um, and this is where a user can click in and see uh, a curated library of budget-friendly food recipes, all of which we're gonna click through. Um, if you're interested um, in navigating and like having a quick search in the tool, there is what we call a hamburger menu at the top of the tool opposite of the shop simple logo. And from at any point in the tool, you can click this and you'll be greeted with these, um, these jump points. So home, food, savings, and more. Users can browse by food group if they're interested in learning about a specific food group. They can either toggle through the food groups or they can click on all and see all of the budget-friendly food examples we have listed. <clears throat> We're really proud to say that we are regularly adding to the budget-friendly food section and we've grown this section significantly since, since its launch. When we're looking at budget-friendly foods, there are several things that we take into consideration. So obviously we want it to be budget-friendly, so we're looking at costs. We're pulling that data from the Thrifty Food Plan report um, and choosing costs, foods that are low cost. We're also, <clears throat> we also want foods that people are eating. So we look at foods that are commonly eaten in the U.S. by looking at the What We Eat in America data, data set. We wanna include a variety of different forms, so canned, frozen, and fresh, especially um, because we know that canned and frozen can be nutrient-dense and budget-friendly. So thinking back to the kind of the pillars of what we try and work towards, those, those are two important things to us. Subgroup representation, so having food from all of the groups and all of the subgroups. Recipes that are available in My Plate, My Plate Kitchen with a special emphasis on cultural foods. And a most recent addition is foods that are found in the FDPIR package that serve Native American communities across the nation. So when you click into this section, um, you're, when you click on a food, you're gonna be greeted with this kind of screen. Um, and you'll, you'll see a nice photo of the food. You're also gonna be able to toggle through at the top um, to get more information about that food. So the first the first tab, if you will, is tips. Here you will see storage information, purchasing guidance, and um, some other general tips. Under serving ideas, you're gonna find quick and easy ways to use the food. And these are simply just to get someone started. They're not really full recipes because the next tab is gonna be that recipe button. Um, this is gonna be a curated list of recipes that are found in My, My Plate Kitchen um, that are also considered budget friendly with a one to two dollar sign in My Plate Kitchen. We, tried, we aim for three to four recipes per food and we try and include a mix of, dish, of main plate dishes as well as some sides. And as we continue to expand our reach, this is an area that we're continuing to try and grow with more culturally relevant foods. 
if you click into each of the recipes, each recipe is going to be clickable. You'll be able to see a full recipe. You'll see a photo. You'll see number of, say, uh, number of servings, the ingredients, the directions, the nutrition information. Everything that you would find on My Play Kitchen is going to be right here uh, for a user to see a full recipe. So going back to that main food screen, if you click on nutrition at the top, it'll show you how, how much counts as a cup or ounce in that food group. So for example, in, in what you're looking at here, one cup of chopped florets of broccoli, fresh or frozen equals one cup of vegetables. And then you have that nice little visual of it filling the vegetable food group, which um, as in my former life as a practicing clinical dietitian, I really enjoyed those kind of visuals to actually be able to show someone how it fits into my plate. It's also a nice feature in the recipe section. You can also see if, if the, um, the recipe is hitting different food groups, you'll see that same my plate icon filled with the food groups. Under the savings section, you'll discover general tips for saving money and preparing healthy food choices. You can also um, find snap, snap savings in your area. And this is that same button that we were talking about on the home screen, just another way of getting, um, getting there. And we'll take a closer look at this section in a couple of slides. So general tips, um, you can toggle through here to make a plan. And make a plan is going to give you ideas for weekly planning. Um, Shop smart are going to be tips for while you're in the store. And then preparing healthy meals is going to give you some tips for, um, you know, while you're in the kitchen. So some kitchen time savers. That um, locate uh, snap savings button that we keep talking about. Um, this is the locator tool. So essentially what you do here is you enter your zip code, whatever you want it to be, and you can enter a radius. And then once you click on stores, you're greeted with this menu, which gives you four options. That rewards, snap retail stores, online snap stores, and farmers markets. So going back to Corey's presentation, that data that we're pulling that we were pulling is feeding into here to give that information to the user. So in the rewards section, this is where someone would be able to discover rewards like the Gus Snip, um, those like matching rewards. And this is a section that we are looking to expand as more data sets are available to us um, and we can add to the tool. Retail stores, you guys guessed it, it's retail stores that take SNAP EBT. And online stores, this is, a, this is rapidly expanding. Um, and so we're continuing to, lay, to keep a close eye on this. Um, over the last few years, this has expanded to all 50 states. So I do encourage you to check this out. And lastly, farmer's market. This is going to be farmer's markets that are um, accepting SNAP EBT benefits in a, in a specific zip code or area. So some of our usage metrics, um, since we la la launched Shop Simple in 2021, we've been tracking um, metrics, obviously. And so some of the things that we look at is what, what device are people using it on? Because obviously we took a lot of thought and consideration in this. And it's pretty interesting to see that mobile and desktop 
are, are pretty close, which I think highlights the need for keeping that desktop usage available. Um, and that could be, like I said, SNAP educators um, or nutritionists or dietitian or people that are just out there trying to bring this information. You guys are the boots on the ground. Um, and then moving to the right, we're looking, you can see the locator results. So where are people looking to see where they can use their SNAP benefits? And I think it's so interesting that farmer's markets came first over a retail store. I think that just highlights that um, we could be out there in the community, serving the community because they're looking for fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, next is tab use. So when you're looking at those specific foods, I, sh I showed you guys all the tabs. This is what we're looking at here with this circle. Um, people are most interested in tips and recipes are a close second. I think, um, you know, this, this obviously highlights the need for the tool. Um, and I think it's interesting because this is an area that we can continually grow and expand on. And then the last box is highlighting the top foods that are viewed. So what are people going to? Um, and we take a look at this closely so that we can kind of keep an eye on like, what are people interested in? Are there trends? Should we be talking about uh, certain foods, highlighting certain foods, especially on some of our social media channels? Is this gonna garner some more attention for people and be useful information for people? Um, we have some promotional images on our website, so I encourage you to go check it out. Anything that is on our website is considered public domain, so please feel free to use this. Um, add it to any of your handouts, add it to any, anything that you have existing, a website, along with the MyPlate icon, you know, where we have the MyPlate icon available in 21 different languages. So again, I encourage you to download it and use it. You guys are our boots on the ground, get the word out there. I'm gonna say it again and again and again. <laughs> All right, so our future goals with um, Shop Simple with MyPlate. We want to add more foods. We know that's what people are interested in looking at. We wanna add more re re recipes and we wanna be representative of Americans and the people that we serve. Uh, we're looking to add more reward and incentive programs as the data is available to us and as well as other food support resources as we can get that information. So that was a lot of information that I just shared with you guys. We have a couple of fun activities, um, and I'm gonna invite Corey up here because I'm not gonna stand up here and do it by myself. Um, this is just to kind of get the blood flowing. It's a little cold in here. You guys have been sitting for a while. So this is, this is a video from Team Nutrition's. Go ahead and stand up. You don't have to do the dance exactly how it is. Just kind of get moving a little bit. And we don't have to go the full two minutes, I promise. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is it? It made a liar out of me, you guys. Am I not doing something right? Well, in lieu of the video, just do a nice big stretch. <laughs> All right. 
right. Well, if you're interested in the video, there is a QR code, there is the link. Um, I think this is an especially great video if you work with a lot of young kids. They get really excited about learning the food groups and doing a little bit of dancing around. Oh, we've got more. There's more. Um, we're going to do a nice little interactive uh, scavenger hunt that Corey's going to lead. All right, so you can sit back down. We're all off the hook from showing our dance moves. I know, I know you were hoping to do that today. All right, so you can have a seat, and we're going to do a little interactive scavenger hunt. So I'd like you to take out your phone or other device, and let's face it, I know most of you already have a mouth. That's good. Um, you can try to scan this QR code. I, I'm not exactly sure if it'll work because this is like a textured screen, but you can try that. If it does not work, you just go to this URL here, myplate.gov shopsimple. Does anybody need a little more time? Everybody's good? All right, so we're gonna move on to the scavenger hunt. All right, so from the main screen, I'd like you to tap on Browse My Plate Food Groups. We're going to start there. Then I want you to visit the fruit section and find a canned fruit. And you're going to look through the serving ideas that are there. And we're hoping to make this a little bit interactive. So raise your hand if you'd like to share one way that you might use the food that you're looking at. All right, over there. Anybody from that table? Oh, sure. So I did canned peaches. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. Anybody else want to share an idea? Yeah. I also do canned peaches, um, <laughs> but I admit you don't look at their phones, but um, adding them to a instant oatmeal. Adding them to instant oatmeal, okay, great. Would anybody else like to share? We'll get one more serving idea before we move on. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll move on anyway. <laughs> all right, so next, I'm going to challenge you to use the breadcrumb navigation in the top left corner to go back to the food group screen. So you're going to tap on all fruits and then tap again to go back to foods by group. This time we're going to go into the vegetable section and I want you to find a vegetable that you do not eat often. Right? Or like, either way, either one. And I'm going to look for people to share one recipe using that food that you might like to try. And raise your hand if you'd like to share that recipe. Yes, go ahead back there. Okay, so potatoes, all right, good. Okay, great. All right, so potatoes, and she's thinking about trying potato cakes. Would anybody else like to share a recipe? Yes, go ahead. Hi, um, I chose almonds, uh, not because, again, not because I don't like it. I just 
Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure either, but <laughs> so hominy, yes, uh, that one was a new one for me too. Great. All right. Next, we're going to we're going to use that breadcrumb navigation in the top corner again. So we're going to go tap on it to go back to all vegetables, then back to foods by group. This time, we're going to visit the grains group. And I'd like you to find your favorite grains food that's listed there. And this time, instead of choosing an idea that's in Shop Simple, it can be an idea from there if you'd like, I'd like you to share how you like to prepare it. And then tell us whether or not it is in Shop Simple. Maybe we'll get an idea for a new serving idea. So find your favorite gro grains food and tell us how you like to prepare it. Any volunteers to share? Jackie, go ahead. Popcorn. Popcorn, okay. Air popped, yeah. Chili popcorn, yeah. Sounds interesting, right? Anybody else? Yes, back there. Okay. Quinoa. Mm-hmm. Oh. Great. Okay, great. So she shared that she um, did not see her favorite, which is quinoa, and she likes to mix it with rice, little olive oil, little sprinkle of salt, and that's delicious. All right, so we can consider quinoa. I have to always, we always have to look at the data, but we'll certainly consider it. All right, this time we're going to use the breadcrumb navigation again to go back to the protein foods group. And this time we'll just pick a recipe that you'd like to try making. Yes, back there. In the behind the thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh huh. And and that's one of our FDPIR recipes, which is really exciting too. That was provided to us by that group. Yes. <laughs> Great. Is there any recipe from the protein foods group anyone thinks you might try? Yes, go ahead. Um, I found the baked lentil casserole. That sounds really good and not a lot of ingredients that you guys. Great, yeah, baked lentils casserole. It's a easier, fewer ingredients in that recipe. All right, and last we will move on to the dairy section. And for dairy, I'd like to share if there's any foods or ways to use them that surprised you. Would anybody like to share something that surprised them in the dairy foods group? Okay, Jackie. Well, I think something interesting I've used are the evaporated milk. 
Evaporated milk, yes, some different ideas there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over there, yes, that side of the room, yay. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. That's great. That's wonderful. Yes, that, that's a great point. I should, yes. So over here she was saying that a lot of times, you said in WIC, right? Yes. Sometimes people feel they can't use their milk benefit because they don't drink milk. But she's saying that with some of these evaporated milk ideas, maybe they would be able to use that milk benefit because there's some different cooking ideas in there. That's great. Thank you. All right, now we're going to change it up just a little bit. I'm going to have you all go to the savings section. So you can use the three lines in the upper right corner to get to the savings section. Then I want you to go to the make a plan section and tell us one tip that's listed there for saving money that you already do now. Would anybody like to share? And if anybody's lost, don't be afraid to just raise your hand. Okay, yes, over there. Um, build a shopping list as you go. Yes, build a shopping list as you go, definitely. Definitely. Anybody else? All right, we can move on. So staying in that sec the savings section, going actually you have to go back just a little bit, but going to the savings section, this time visit the smart, Shop Smart section and scroll down to Understanding the Price Tag. Uh, the question I have up here is which of the yogurts has a lower unit price, but I'm not going to ask that one. I just want you to show with your hands, give me a show of hands, who thinks that somebody that they work with, a participant, maybe a family member, somebody would benefit from that information of how to find the unit price? Okay, great, great. All right, we're going to go back to the main savings section. This time we're going to visit prepare healthy meals. And I'm going to see if anybody would like to share which of the tips listed would be most helpful to you or the people that you work with. So this is in the prepare healthy meals section. All right, Jackie. <laughs> Chop extra. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yep. So that tip is about like if you're cutting up onion, for example, for a recipe, chopping up extra for a future recipe. Any other tips someone would like to share? Have everything in place, like when I start cooking, like have all like the food and then I don't. That's great. Yeah, she said having everything in place for a recipe you're going to make. So getting everything out, putting it uh, out on the counter or wherever your workspace is before you actually start a recipe. Great. All right, and now we're just going to quickly use that snap locator button that we told you about a lot of times. So you're going to go to the savings section and you're going to tap or click on the button to browse snap savings. And you're going to enter your zip code. 
the distance to search, and you're going to click or tap the Find Stores button. All right, and now for this part, we, you don't have to give any answers. You can just show with your hands. Are there any retailers offering rewards or incentives in the area that you searched? usually are for me all right how about um, you can just raise your hand again for this too do you often shop at any of the retailers offering online snap purchasing so this time you're gonna look at the online retailers there's some pretty big ones on there that I bet we can raise our hand for that yeah and you can also look to see what is the closest store to you that accepts snap benefits And lastly, are there any farmers markets in your area that accept SNAP benefits? This one's a no for me, so I need to contact my farmers market and see what, what's the deal. <laughs> we just see that one of the biggest one is not here. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, for you. Our uh, farmers market moved and the address is not updated. Okay, that's... Well, so it's uh, you know kind of going back to that one slide where we looked at the data sources. We have contacts for those original data sources, so that one would be an FNS. Um, that would be something we'd have to let FNS know. The FNS Farmers Market Group. That's a great point. Yes. That's a great question. I will have to do a little research on that. I'm not sure. It may come down to the local farmer's market itself, but that's a great question. We can take that back. Do I want to repeat the question? Just for, I was asking who is responsible for talking with the farmers markets to accept, accept SNAP benefits and also the question about the incentives in the area because I have to drive really out of my area to get those ones. That's a great question, yes. Um, in terms of the farmers market accepting SNAP, that I'm not sure about. We'll have to take that question back to our office because that might come down to the farmers market itself having contacting FNS, so we'll have to get back to you. And with the um, incentives, that program, the GusNet program, is currently what we're pulling that data from. It's kind of a small program, and we're hoping that they expand more because we would love to feature any listings that they have. That's a great point. All right, and with that, give yourselves a little pat on the back. You made it through the scavenger hunt. Good job. And just sort of to summarize everything we talked about with Shop Simple. So Shop Simple is a web app to help Americans save money while shopping for healthy food choices by either finding SNAP savings in their local area or by discovering new ways to prepare budget-friendly foods. And just to kind of close us out today, I'm going to share with you a few other key MyPlate tools and resources, some of which you may be familiar with, some may be new. Um, just to share those with you today. So myplate.gov is the hub for all things MyPlate, and we have a lot of different information and tools there. 
We have food group information, we have videos and graphics, we have four different toolkits for professionals, we have life stages pages, so that's kind of going back to what Joe was talking about with the dietary guidelines, and on those pages you'll find the key information and resources for those um, audiences. And we also have a library of over 70 printable materials, most of which are also available in Spanish. We also have a resource called the MyPlate Plan. If you're not familiar with that, the MyPlate Plan shows you your food group targets, what and how much to eat within your calorie allowance. This is our most popular tool. And your food plan is actually personalized based on your age, sex, height, weight, and physical activity level. And um, a few years back, we launched something called the Start Simple with MyPlate app. This is a great goal-setting app. The user can uh, put their information in and build healthy eating habits one goal at a time. So they can set goals that are realistic for them. They can use this mobile app to, to pick daily food goals, set real-time progress, and they can also earn fun badges along the way because we know everybody needs that motivation. So they can earn some fun badges as they check off their goals. We also have the MyPlate Quiz, which we launched, I think, two years ago. And this is a great kind of introduction to MyPlate and all of our resources. You can take the quiz to kind of find out how you're doing. Um, and you're, we give you a, like a MyPlate level so that you can kind of track your progress over time. And you get personalized resources that uh, relate to the way that you answered the question. So, for example, if, if your answers show that you're maybe a little low on the vegetable group, you get, um, at the end of the quiz, you get resources that help you increase your vegetable intake, such as tip sheets and other resources. We also launched something called MyPlate on Alexa, and that is now available as an Alexa skill. This is where you can get MyPlate healthy eating tips right on your Amazon Alexa device, or if you don't have an Alexa, like I don't, you can get them on your phone or tablet with the free Amazon Alexa app. So it's kind of a cool way to get different healthy eating tips. And lastly, you've already heard about My Plate Kitchen a little bit, but this is where you can go to find hundreds of budget-friendly recipes that include detailed nutrition and food group amounts to help you choose recipes that meet your targets. And almost all of our recipes are also available in Spanish. So to close, we thank you so much for your time today. I know you've been with us a long time in this session, and we just thank you for taking the time to hear about My Plate and all of our resources. Yep. And we will take questions. Thank you so much, Corey and Joe. Oh, yeah, see, the fabulous hand raised. How can we? Yes, please. Yeah, waiting on the mic. We're supposed to behave and use the mic. So do you have this in Spanish or any other languages? Are you talking about Shop Simple itself? Yes. yes. Um, we want very badly to make it available in other languages. It's certainly something that's it's on our list, and as we have resources available, we're, we're hoping to make it available in Spanish, but at this time, not right, not just yet. Yes, another question. Are you planning to, I know that it's focused on SNAP participants, but are you planning to, yeah, add other FNS programs like NAP or WIC or? Mm -hmm. 
CSFB? That, yes, that's a great question also. And that's another thing we're hoping to do. Um, in terms of WIC, we're really hoping to get a locator tool for WIC, but uh, right now they don't have that data in one place for us to pull it in. And so that's, that's the biggest hurdle there. Um, and as far as other programs, we are looking, at, we're hoping to add some of those other FNS programs too. Yeah, we would really love to make this a resource for all Americans on whichever program they're on, so fingers crossed, yeah. Another question? I'm, I'm happy to hear that you wanna make this a tool for all Americans, no matter the program. Are you thinking about individuals who may not be part of any program? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as, as I as I mentioned, our our mission is to reach all Americans. So uh, we want to, as you saw in our North Star, we want to really help reach the underserved because they they have the you know health disparities and and whatnot. But we our mission is all Americans. So our tools are for everyone. And as Corey and Joe showed you, that there's that section if are you eligible for SNAP, and then there's you know do you have SNAP, and so trying to respectfully get folks in there. But we we would love incentives for all Americans because we all <laughs> we're all budget conscious, and so uh, we have a MyPlate National Strategic Partnership, and we're working, we have over 100 partners, and we were hoping some of our partners would have some incentives for all Americans, or maybe some healthcare companies that uh, there's a lot of that going on. So we really hope to expand this uh, to reach everybody. I know that um, SNAP and WIC participants don't completely overlap, but if you have a, um, a pers person in front of you that participates in both programs, most state WIC programs have apps for yes. their participants, and they come in at least English and Spanish, and most of those apps have recipe ideas that focus on WIC foods. They have um, develop, like the one in Ohio has developmental milestones, all sorts of good nutrition information. So if you've got somebody in front of you that's also on WIC, make sure, refer them to their WIC app as well. Yeah. Now that's a really great point. There's some wonderful apps out there and uh, it's just interesting that they're state focused, right? Which makes sense based on the funding and, and, and all that, but it's, uh, you know, so again, that, that's fabulous. It's, there's great stuff out there. Other questions, comments? Yeah. Um, I was just curious, so it, what, what's the plan? Because you said like my play isn't relevant for all, so what is the plan like, especially for maybe like communities that don't eat on a plate and do more family style? Like how is that gonna later be reflected into Shop Simple? <laughs> oh, that, well, I can talk in general and then I'll put Corey on the spot because I can't wait to hear the answer. But <laughs> we, we're looking at myplate.gov to make it in general more culturally relevant. And so one thing that we recently worked on is a photo shoot, which again, Corey can tell you more about that as well. We're trying to get some uh, lovely, you know, international type food so that when you go on myplate.gov, you actually s say, oh wow, you know, that looks delicious or I, I eat that or I've had that as a child or whatever that might be. So try to draw people in because as I mentioned in the beginning, we don't eat in this stucco kind of way where our vegetables are here, our fruit is there, our milk is on the side, that type of a thing. So we're really working hard and you know, we, we spend a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time. It's amazing and I'm sure maybe you've had this experience too, trying to come up with recipes and, and meal ideas that are culturally relevant because 
people just eat so differently again which is a beautiful thing but as communicators it's hard for us to just narrow in and you know we don't want to be prescriptive we want you know, every food all fit, foods fit so how do we bring everybody in and entice them but I don't know Corey if you have any comments on Shop Simple yeah, that's, it's a great question, and um, as Jackie mentioned, we're working on a series of food photographs um, that we hope are really going to capture more culturally diverse foods. We're working with the experts from each of those cultures to develop those photographs, and those photographs will then be used in our materials. Um, in terms of Shop Simple, it really comes down to adding more foods themselves and more recipes that are, are um, you know, from different cultures. And that's something that we're working our way towards. But again, the, the real key is involving the cultural experts themselves um, because we can research all we want, but it's nothing like having a real person from that culture uh, you know, help inform it. So it's something that we are continuing to work on. Yes, please. Hmm. You may have already answered this from the beginning, but in case I missed it, I tend to see there's this group of the population, the young adults, oh. um, students on campus, where we are seeing really high rates of food insecurity, uh, tend to be left out, they're not SNAP eligible, they're not reached in so many different ways, but they're also difficult to reach. Do you see working towards reaching this group, or you know, what are they, your thoughts around that? Yeah, that, I mean that's it's it's interesting. And you know, young adults, I'm not sure exactly what age that is, but uh, you know we know it's a. As I'm going to quote Joe, it's a tough nut to crack. They are, uh, but yes, I think you know we we would love to reach all the age groups. And you know again, I love we we have time. If anyone has any suggestions for us from experiences that they have, that would be great. So to answer, our goal is to reach everybody and try to be age specific because to your point young adults are different than older americans or certainly you know toddlers so it would be really important but they are they're they're a bit tough <laughs> so yeah oh that's a good point and corey just mentioned we're expanding social media so we're trying to reach uh, young adults that way on, on their devices so uh, we're, that, that's one of our strategies but again would love any input gina you know I'm one of your biggest fans. <laughs> but, uh, I was just thinking the college age group marketing to them um, specifically about how they may be eligible for SNAP, and if they're not, the shop simple is a way to shop on a budget, but maybe including in the tips area something, a way to use those budget-friendly foods in a dorm room oh, or oh, great. within a yeah. dorm fridge. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I think just... Um, just marketing to the college students in the first place that that this resource is out there. And I also love, I wish all the retailers that get to be featured on your app would also have to be responsible to um, identify their level of, I guess, star level towards my plate. Because my, my zip code pulls up a bunch of convenience stores first. <laughs> and oh, you think, that's actually not my plate friendly because there's no fresh, and oh, the canned stuff is gonna be more expensive oh. than a grocery store. Um, oh, that's interesting. And so yeah. you think, couldn't it pull up that the places where you're gonna be able to get those budget-friendly foods huh. that fit my plate easier? So maybe um, the convenience stores huh. wouldn't pop up first because they're 
they have a lower MyPlate rating. So just an idea. That is a fascinating idea, you know. We are one of our partners. I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about it yet, but one of them is a big supermarket chain, and they're going to highlight my plate. And so I, that's a great idea. The ones that are really offering either incentives or more healthy options that we, I think, we could something we could do with our vendor. So that's a great suggestion. Love it. Just sort of like Google search where you, you know, things. Yeah, I love it. Other questions or any? So this has been fabulous. We really appreciate your time and attention. If you have any thoughts for us in general about my plate, reaching Americans, cultural relevancy, health disparities, we would love to hear anything that you'd want to share with us. But uh, just, just putting it out there, because again, we really value what you do and the experiences that you've had, and they can help us become more relevant. And you can always email us as well. Our emails are just our names, jackie.haven at usda.gov. They've made it very simple at USA for the most part. Sometimes people are, yeah, for the most part, that's how that works. So we'd love to hear from you. And again, we'll, I will be around today and tomorrow. If you want to pull me aside with any thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. But seeing no hands, uh, from Corey, Joe, and I, we really appreciate your being here, listening, and, and appreciate what you do each and every day to help Americans make healthier food choices. So we applaud you. <laughs> Thank you.